Would you take your Bibles, please, with me to the book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 26. We'll take a little break from our study of the book of Jude. And go to the book of Numbers, chapter 26, and uh, I'll give you a nice Mother's Day message. How about that this morning? Numbers chapter 26. Praise God for godly women in the Bible. Christianity is not unkind to women. Bible-believing Christianity, the Bible is not an enemy of women at all. There's so many great heroes in the Bible that were ladies just the way God wanted them to be. And that's the key. We're going to see one this morning, a great hero. And uh, verse number 59 of Numbers 26 is where we'll start reading. Numbers 26, 59. You all know her children by name. I hope you know her name this morning. Numbers 26, verse 59. The Bible says, And the name of Amram's wife was Jochebed, the daughter of Levi, whom her mother bare to Levi in Egypt. And she bare unto Amram Aaron, and Moses, and Miriam, their sister. I'd say you could probably do worse than have those three as children. They get all the accolades and they get all of the attention, it seems. But somewhere in the background is a godly mother. That's behind... These children that became to be famous, not just in history, but with God. Someone had to raise these children and set the example for them. Can you imagine being the mother of Moses? I'm sure your uh, buttons would just bust open if Moses had been your child. To know that you had had a part in bringing such a leader into the world that would lead the children of Israel out of Egypt and lead a million people. The Bible says there was, no, there was no prophet like Moses. The Bible tells us that Moses was a man that spoke with God as a man speaks to his friend face to face. Moses, the writer of the first five books of the Bible through the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Without Moses, we have no, we have no record of creation. And yet his mother, the man who did such signs and wonders and miracles and so many things about him were so special and yet his mother. And not just Moses, if if, if that would have been the only child that she had had a part in bringing him to the world, that, that would be what an event, but she did not. She also was the mother of Aaron, don't forget that the first great high priest of the children of Israel. What a, what a position that would be. The one, the only one that could go into the Holy of Holies every year and, and meet with God. That's, that's the child of this, of this woman as well. And Miriam, let's not forget Miriam. I, I know that she had some problems later on, but so did Aaron and so did Moses and so do you. But that does not... That does not overlook how great they were for God. 
And Miriam was also a great character in the Bible. She led the other women in praise to God. I said she led the other women, the other women in praise to God. And she was a great example of joy and rejoicing. But her mother, and I want to thank God for Jochebed this morning. I want to look a little bit closer at her life if we could. And if you're a mother here today, you could aspire to be as this great character in the Bible, this godly woman. And probably a lot of people need prayer that they would become this type of individual. And we need to be praying for mothers like this. I thank God for all the young mothers we have in our church. We have a lot of young mothers. And everything is against them in society today. But I, I want to tell you, you can be a Jacobin. Everything was against her. And she brought Moses and Aaron and Miriam into the world. Several things about, would you go to, you're, you're close to it, would you go to Exodus chapter 2 and with your other hand get Hebrews chapter 11 because we get more information about Jochebed. I don't know that her name is a household name, but it, it should be. And we find her story in these other two passages of the Word of God. We read them together. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 2 and verse number 1, And there went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman, this is Jochebed of course, conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein and she laid it in the flags by the river's bank brink. And his, his sister stood afar off to wit that what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river and her maidens walked along by the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. Praise God for the King James Bible. Amen. Fetch it. Amen. Amen. Six. And when she had opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women? that she may nurse the child for thee. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go, and the maid went and called the child's mother. Of course, that's Jochebed. Verse 9, And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses, and she said, Because I drew him out of the water. We'll be right back there, but would you look at Hebrews 11? We find out more information of her. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 23. The Bible says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents, because they saw he was a proper child. And they were not afraid of the king's commandment. 
First thing I see about Jochebed is that she is unafraid. That's probably one of the greatest characteristics that you see in her life. The Bible tells us that plainly in verse 23 that we just read. It says, was hid three months of their parents, of his parents, because they saw he was a proper child. And they, they were not afraid of the king's commandments. That means both Amram and Jochebed, neither one of them were afraid of the king's commandment. Now, what is the king's commandment? The king's commandment is to kill the baby boys. Now you can say what you want about that and you can say how she rebelled against that and and I would agree with you. But I'm not just even interested in the fact that she did not go along with the king of Egypt. I'm interested in the fact that she was not afraid to go against the king's commandment. There's no fear in her. Do you know what kind of a woman it would take to go ahead and become with child with the known decree of murder of your baby if it's the wrong gender? Matter of fact, I would say this. I would say probably the majority of women just would have said, well, we're, not, we're going to postpone our family plans. If you knew that there was a 50% chance that your kid was going to get killed, would you have a baby? Now you think about that just for a moment. That's, a, that's, a, that's way beyond some type of abortion deal. That's way beyond, you know, China decreeing as they did for so many years that only uh, you could have one child per family. And then, of course, there was the penalty of sterilization and fines and imprisonment and all that. But to have the threat of death on your baby... If you have the baby. And Amram comes home and I don't know how the, how the conversation went. But they were. And matter of fact. You know chapter 2 is after chapter 1. The decrees in chapter 1. The birth looks like it's. You, you see the story. And it's just like Amram comes home to his wife and says. What do you think baby? She said well we just need to do what God wants us to do. And I I really don't care what he says. (laughs) And not only that, I'm not afraid. Guys, you know how afraid people are to do right? Even when there are no threats against them. We live in such a world of of fear. And thank God for a, a woman that is strong. What is a strong woman? A strong woman, I think, is not defined as such an independent woman because I don't see this in Jacobet. I'll show it to you in a minute. The strength of this woman, I think you can see her strength. She's not afraid. She is not afraid. How could you not be afraid when the king of Egypt has all of his chariots and all of his soldiers and all of the power and that he can come into your home and do whatever? And she says, I'm not afraid. No wonder Moses was what he was. 
No wonder the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11 that he was, he chose to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. I think sometimes we have that all wrong. You know, we think that Moses ran away because he was afraid, but that's not what it said. Moses is not afraid, according to Hebrews chapter 11. I wonder where he got that from. Because he had parents that were not afraid. You know what? I think we're doing a disservice to our children with some of the fear that we have in our hearts and that we're afraid to do what God wants us to do. And we're so timid with it. And look, they need to see strength in our lives because only God knows what they're going to face later. They need to see strength in you. There's doubts and there's fears and there's stress and there's what are we going to do? That's not Jacobin. Jacobin's like that. Death decree? Let's have a baby, honey. Death decree? We're going to go on with our married life and if God gives us a baby, well, hallelujah. Not worried about it. Ladies, men, I, I think this, this lady right here is probably stronger than most men in her spirit. Moses was able to stand up to Pharaoh because Jochebed, his mother and his dad, it was almost like what Paul says. They said, you know, if you're not careful, you're going to go down there and, and, and roam. They're going to cut your head off. And you know what he said? Paul said this, none of these things move me. I'm not going to base my life's decisions based upon the threats of other people. I'm just going to live my life for the Lord. I will not be intimidated. I will not be intimidated. I will not be despondent. I will not change my course of living. I'm not concerned about the decrees of society. I'm not concerned about the culture war. I'm not concerned about the government. They don't make me afraid. I'm not concerned about world conditions. I'm not, you know, you could even justify it and say, you know, honey, it's just not a good time to bring a baby into the world. You know, you could do that today. It's just not a good time to have babies. I bet Israel thanked God and thanked Jochebed that she did have a baby. Somebody needed to have a Moses. Somebody needed to have, have an Aaron. Somebody needed to have a Miriam. And it only happened because she was not afraid. Instead of saying, I can't, and this is too hard, and, and, and the consequences, and oh, what's going to happen? That's not Jochebed. She, and, and there's a reason why she was not afraid. Fear is not something that... God's not giving you that spirit of fear. He's not... What about the economy? You know how many people make their decisions based upon being afraid of stuff? We can't give to God because look at what's going to happen. We can't do this. You know, if, if if I go on the street corner, somebody might shoot me. Yeah? And somebody might shoot you at work. 
The fear is nowhere to be found in this lady. She is unafraid to do right. She is unchanged about the government. She's unchanged in her position of life from society, no matter what they say. It doesn't matter what the world conditions are. It doesn't matter what other religions were. It doesn't matter what's going on. I'm going to do right. I'm going to be what God wants me to be. And I'm not worried about it. God, give us some people that aren't worried about it, but just trust in the Lord and do what God wants them to do. God does not want you to live in fear that way. That's not Jochebed. And there would be no Moses without a Jochebed. No wonder children are so afraid today. They see it at the house. No, they should, they should see confidence in God at the house. Amen. And not we can't do this and we can't live for the Lord and this is so terrible and everything's so terrible. Is everything so terrible? They're not killing our children. That is terrible. And this woman is like, glory to God, we're moving on. Matter of fact, we're not just going to have one baby, we're going to have a whole slew of them. Do you see that spirit in this woman? She's not, she's not delayed. She is not discouraged. She's going to just do what God wants her to do. She is not interested in Pharaoh's commandment. Pharaoh hates children. Especially the men children. And the devil still hates that. Devil still hates the children. He's trying, he has a systematic plan to destroy every child in every home. And I'm telling you, we need some Jacobeds and we need some Amrams. I see something else here about Jacobed in Hebrews chapter 11, not just her, that she's unafraid. But look at verse 23 one more time. By faith, Moses, when he was born, I want you to watch the wording of the Bible. I'm going to show you something. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his who? Okay, question. Who hid him, according to this verse? Parents. That's a plurality, right? Because, what's the next word? They. Who is they? Parents, mom and daddy. They saw he was a proper child, and what's the next word? They. Who is that? That's mom and daddy, the parents. They were not afraid of the king's commandment. Now go to Exodus chapter 2, and you don't read that. You say, oh, is the Bible wrong? No, the Bible's not wrong. It's giving you more information. Right. Exodus chapter 2. You, you don't read that at all. Exodus chapter 2, the Bible says, verse number 2, And the woman conceived and bare a son, and when, what's that next word? She. She. Now, we just, we just read that they saw he was a goodly child. Here it says, she saw him that he was a goodly child. And then what's the next word? She hid him three months. That, that's, that's not what Hebrews said. Hebrews said they, did it not? But Exodus 2 said she did all of this. Verse number 3. And when, what's the next word? She could not longer hide him. What's the next word? She took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime with pitch and put the child therein. And what's the next word? 
She laid it in the flags by the river's bank. If you didn't know better and you read chapter 2, you would think this is all Jochebed's idea. It is all her plan and she's acting and doing all of this all on her own. Would that not be a reasonable thing to think when you read Exodus chapter 2? Where's dad? Wouldn't you say that? This is all, this is all Jochebed. Because that's the way Exodus 2 reads. But God lets us know, no, it's not all Jochebed because she was not just unafraid. She was also unified with her husband. They, 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 she. she, You say, how do you explain that? I think I can explain it this way. I think it was her initiative. But she was, listen to me, she was not acting apart from her husband. I do think it was her idea. I really do. I think that's why Exodus 2 is written that way. I think Jochebed probably stayed up all night and was praying and said, Lord, okay, what do we do? I think she probably saw some things that, that before her husband saw them. I do think that. I think that she was probably interested and came up with these ideas from the heart of God on her heart before her husband did. But what I'm trying to tell you is she wasn't acting alone. These are not just her ideas. She goes to her husband and says, Baby, what do you think if we do this? And I think he's saying, Yeah. He is not... He is not on the outside of this. Hebrews 11 says they are hiding him. And they see these things that are going on. This lady, though she is really on the cusp of brilliance and on the, the edge of really having the mind of God... She knows that she is not to leave her husband out of it. She knows they need to be together with this, with their child. God give us homes where the moms and the dads are together in it with their children and with their life. Get together on it. Because understand that when you're not together... That is when the Pharaoh is going to say, oh. Y'all see that? She, 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 they, they, they. She's unified with her husband. I see a third thing. The Bible says here in Exodus chapter 2, And the woman conceived and bare a son, and when she saw him, that he was a goodly child. She hid him three months. This is a wise woman. She looks at this child and she says, this is a good kid. This is a good baby. This is not the hellish terror in the nursery. (laughs) Guys, that's important. If he had not been that way, they've got a whole separate problem. You can't hide a screaming child. She's got some wisdom. She sees this child and she says, Boy, I think this is a good baby. Now, all mothers think their babies are good babies. Even if they are the child of hell. 
I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about Jochebed has the wisdom to know if this child has what it takes to be quiet. She's got wisdom. She knows where her child's at. You know, so many, so many parents don't understand that. They've got this little fantasy about what their child is instead of what the child really is. Oh, it's getting quieter. Don't get quiet on me. I don't want to preach there all day. They've got this little love affair of who they think their child is instead of having the wisdom of God to see where their child is. To see the child's problems. To see the child's weaknesses. And yes, to see the child's strength. To see the temptations and the needs of the child. I'm convinced that the majority of parents have no idea where their child is at. They have no wisdom at all. And they don't even understand the destructive behavior that they are bringing into the child because they they don't understand the needs of the child. This woman, she knows what kind of child Moses is. She says, I believe we can hide this one. And I think we'll, and so for three months, she hid this child. You know what kind of wisdom it takes to hide a child away from the government? By the way, thank God she hid him from the government. The government has no business in anybody's house. Amen. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what's going on down in Amram and Jochebed's house. It's none of Pharaoh's business. But he thinks it's his business, but it's not. I know my job as a pastor of this church, but there's nobody here that can stand up and testify, I've come to your house and try to take over your house and tell you how to live in your house. I don't do that. If you come to me and ask for help, I'll try to give you counsel. But it is not my job to make sure your house is the way God wants it to be. That is your responsibility. She hit him three months and she's not afraid of the government because she doesn't, she's not even afraid to disobey the government. And she did. I'll never forget during COVID. Boy, that, that was such an eye-opening experience of life. Had a church member, they're not here anymore. They had a church member come sit in my office and said, Preacher, you're disobeying the government. I said, yeah, but let me tell you why. It's not flippantly disobeying the government. It is none of the government's business what we do in here. And it's none of the government's business what I do at my house. And that's the way Jochebed and Amram lived. So they said, we know this is against the government, but we're just going to hide this. Now, now <laughs> they weren't like the other uh, arrogant people that get up on, amen, the street corner and started preaching against the government and say, I'm going to take you to court and these are my rights. No, she's smarter than that. She doesn't pick a fight with Pharaoh. She just hides it. You see that? Some people don't have the wisdom who to fight and when to be quiet. I don't want to fight with the government. I'm not interested in that, in that deal. You know, if, if Amram and Jochebed had been like some of us, they, they said, let's all go get our ARs, buddy. You know what they did? They said, you know what we're going to do? We're just going to be quiet and do what God wants us to do and do this at home, and it's none of their business, and we're just going to be quiet about it. We don't have to get on a platform and let everybody know, this is what we did. This is a wise woman. She's as wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. 
And she stayed, she stayed quiet as long as possible. Look at our verse again. It says, The woman conceived bear a son. When she saw him that he was a goodly child, I'm in verse 2, she hid him three months. Verse number 3. Now watch this. And when she could no longer hide him. Look at the wisdom of this woman. She's also reasonable. She's also a realist. She also understands. She's not living in a fantasy land. And so at the right time, she says, You know, I can't keep this up. She knew... She knew when to change courses. She had enough wisdom to know this is not working anymore. You know, guys, sometimes we're so stubborn. We're going to do this, amen, and it doesn't matter. And this is the way it's going to be. And we don't have any wisdom to step back and look at it and say, you know, this is not working. If it's not working, change it. Have enough wisdom to do something different. Don't stay down the same rabbit hole until it just all explodes. This is a wise enough woman. She didn't say, well, God led me to do this for three months. He did, but now He's leading you to do something else. And she was smart enough to see, I can't keep this up. He's a good kid, but I... No, we can't can't do this any longer. Things are changing, and she's sensitive to those changes. And she says, I, I can't hide him anymore. God give us wisdom to see, see when we can't hide him anymore. You know, church, I, I think we can hide things from the government. I do. I, I think we ought to hide our children from danger, and we should. I think we, try to, we, we ought to hide our kids from the devil. Hide them from what's lurking out there to destroy them. We need to try to hide them from the sin that's going to creep into their own hearts and lives. But you know, there comes a time that you can't keep doing that. There comes a time that your decisions for them is, is not going to, going to be the whole story of their life. And there's going to come a time you're going to have to let go. She said, I can't, I can't hide him in this house any longer, so you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to hide him in an ark. I, I don't know how it's going to work out, but uh, I, can't, I can't hide this child anymore. I've got to do something else. God help families to say this is not working. God, what? What do we need to do? And the first thing we need to do is start hiding our children in the proper place. Look, she's a worker. She's not just a woman of faith, which is really the last thing I will say about her. She's a worker. The Bible says in verse number 3, when she could not longer hide him, she took for him. She could have said, well, God will make this work out. That's not what it says. She couldn't do this anymore. Man, I know God will work it out. No, no, no. It was not going to work any longer. She could not longer hide it. She took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child in. She goes about constructing. Can you see the creativeness of this woman? Who, who, who would have come up with that? That doesn't make any sense at all to me. All I know is maybe that woman was praying and got a hold of God and I got to hide him somewhere. This house, can't hide him in this house. So she makes an ark of bulrushes and she puts the child there in to hide. You know there are three arks in the Bible. 
and something's always hiding in them. Noah builds that ark, amen, and destruction comes and the world is destroyed. And there Moses and his family are hiding in that ark. And they come out safe on the other side. This Jochebed makes an ark of bulrushes. She hides the child in there to protect him. You wouldn't think that would protect anything from the wrath of the king and from destruction and death, but it does. And she hides that little, that little boy in that ark, and he's hidden and he's kept safe. Everything's all right. The third ark is that ark of the covenant. You know what's hiding down in there? The tablets, the word of God. Aaron's rod that budded. The presence of God and the Word of God and the salvation of God and the blood that's put on that mercy seat on that ark that kept the the mercy and the grace of God real in the nation of Israel. Oh, what what a picture of safety every one of those arks are. You know, we still have an ark. Hiding in thee, hiding in thee, thou blessed rock of ages. I'm hiding in thee. I'm going to run. You know, you know what they did to our kids? He said, preacher, I got a plan. I'm going to keep them from danger. I'm going to keep them from sin. I'm going to keep them from temptation. This is what we're going to do. We're going to take them out of public school. We're going to stick them in a box until they're 13 years old and feed them through that box. We, we, we... You, know, you know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to hide them in Jesus. You're going to have to get them to Jesus. The only way any of us are safe, we've got to be hid in Jesus. And when you're in Him... You're safe. She makes this little... Can you see her making it? Now, if it had been you and me, I remember the day I was in Romania and I put my boy on a plane in Romania to send him back to America to go to college. Were you 17 or 18? 18 years old. Man, I got back in that car and I felt like jello. My heart was down in my belly. I was tore up. I'm this strong guy. Sending my kid halfway around the world on an airplane. That's rough. Can you imagine this woman making this ark, putting him in the river, alligator, danger? I mean, even if the waves turn a little, if something happens, if the wind blows wrong, this, you see what's going to happen with this baby. And even if it doesn't, then what? Is he going to sit in the river and starve to death? And here she's making this ark, bulrushes, and she's daubing it with pitch, and she's making it just as safe as she can. And she lays this baby in it. You say, preacher, I bet she's just weeping and crying. How could she ever do that? You know why? Listen, listen, listen. She knew this baby was safer with God than he was with her. Daniel and the Hebrew children were safer without their parents in Babylon than they were with their parents in Jerusalem. 
Samuel was safer in Eli's, backslidden Eli's house with his backslidden boys than he was with Hannah. You know what? God can do a better job with your children than you can. Even if you're out of the picture. But oh, I've got to hold on to it. Faith. I see faith in Jochebed probably like I've never seen faith in so many other characters in the Bible. Can you tell me what kind of faith it took to take your little baby, I'm talking about a little baby boy, and stick him in that ark and get him into the river? You know what she's doing? She's trusting in the Lord. You know what we often read in this text? Would you drop down in Exodus chapter 2 because we see the next verse. The Bible says, verse number 4, And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done unto him. This is how the, the modern parable of this story goes. Uh, so Jochebed puts him in, in the ark of bulrushes, pushes in the river, and grabs uh, Miriam and says, Now you watch and take care of You know that's not in the Bible. That's not in the Bible. It said that Miriam, his sister... She's interested in what's going to happen to him. You know what I really believe? I believe that Jochebed put that baby in a river and she went home and that was the end of it. You said, how could she do that? Because she had faith in God to take care of that baby. She didn't concoct a plan for Miriam to watch and make sure all this worked out. No, no. She goes home. I'm trusting in the Lord. Oh, God, give us women. God, give us mothers that have that kind of faith in God. If it had been you, hey, come on, moms, if it had been you, you, you'd have stayed there and watched all day and all night and watched that little ark and where it was floating and you'd followed it. Would you not? Not her. She gives her son to the river. Which is ironically exactly what Pharaoh had decreed for them to do. Throw the, throw the boys in the river. She does it, she just does it her way. Isn't that amazing? She gives Moses to the river what faith. And then this even takes more faith. You know the story. And so the, the little ark floats down to Pharaoh's daughter. And the baby's crying. And she goes and picks it up. And Miriam's sister's there. And she says, this is one of the Hebrews' children. And, and Miriam says, do you, you need somebody to nurse a baby for? And she says, yes. And so she runs. Get, look, look at the verse. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 2 and verse number 8. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, take this child away and nurse it for me and I will give thee thy wages. And the mother took the child and nursed it and the child grew. I want you to watch your Bible. And she brought him to Pharaoh. This lady not only gave her boy away once, she gave him away twice. Once to the river and once to a heathen king's daughter. You think that took some faith? Maybe the second time was even harder than the first. I don't know. I'm going to take this child that I've just weaned, and I'm going to take him to Pharaoh. They worship wrong gods there. They're of the devil there. I am putting him in the house of the man that wanted to kill all of us. Can you see that faith? You said, preacher, how could she give him to the river? 
And how could she give him to Pharaoh's daughter? I really believe this. Because she gave him to God. You know, when you give things to God, then it's his responsibility to take care of it. I'm convinced we don't give very many things to God. I don't think we give our burdens to God. I think we hold on to them. I don't think we give our problems to God. I think we try to work them out. I don't even think we really give our children to God so many times. I think we want them for ourselves. Let alone giving our own lives to God. Jochebed says it makes no sense to give him to the river. It makes no sense to give him to Pharaoh's daughter. But God, I'm giving this child to you. And I don't know how that's going to work out. But I trust you. And I've got faith in you. And so I'm going to let go. I'm just going to let go. And God took that little boy. And God gave me Genesis. And God took that little boy and gave people a tabernacle. And God took that little boy and delivered all the millions from bondage because a woman said, I'm going to let go and let you have whatever you want, God. And I'm just going to trust you. Preacher, it doesn't make sense. I, I don't understand it. I don't know what to do. Why don't you trust God and give it to him and let go? And you know what will happen? God will bless it. God blesses faith. God blesses faith. And whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And the reason that this woman got her baby back was because she gave him and God brought him right back to her. And then paid her. And somebody stands back and said, boy, I wish God would bless me that way. You've got to let go before he can bless you that way. Can you imagine moms getting paid for being a mama? <laughs> By the palace? I bet they don't pay bad wages. And here are the blessing. I can see Jochebed. I can see the tears running down her eyes. She just gave that, committed that baby to God. And she goes back to her house. And all of a sudden, Miriam shows up with a baby and says, Mom, here's your baby back. And by the way, here's all the money that's coming. God done done it again. Hey, Amram. Look what, look how faith pays off. Look at the bounty that's coming. I'd have done this for free and I get paid. All because I let go. And so God, you proved yourself before, so it's time for me to take him back to the palace. I'll I'll do that too. I'll just keep trusting you and, and just believe in your blessing. And I tell you what, church, what you need for your life and what you need for your children and what you need for your marriage and your personal life what we need for our church 
we need the blessing of God. And it doesn't matter what's going on in the government. And it doesn't matter how awful it is outside. And it doesn't matter what society is doing and culture is doing. It doesn't matter how dangerous it looks. And it doesn't matter how fearful our hearts are tempted to be. We need to trust the Lord because what we need more than anything is for God's blessing on our lives. And if it looks good to everybody, but it doesn't look good to God, he's not going to bless it. And he blessed that family and that mother and those babies because of their faith and trust that they had in him. So I ask you this morning, do we have any jock beds?